Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. reason why there is such fear today in light of the coronavirus is not mainly because of the virus itself. It's because of what the virus represents, which is death. The scripture says that all of humanity is in a lifelong slavery to the fear of death. And the coronavirus simply brings that up to the surface. But what we've been seeing in the 46th Psalm these last few days is that is that the Christian has no reason to fear. That, of course, doesn't mean that Christians won't slip into fear. Of course we will. But what Psalm 46 has been showing us is that we have no reason to fear, no ground to fear. Though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, we will not fear, for God is our refuge and our strength. The world cannot say that. Now, the last few days, we've been considering the first three verses in Psalm 46. So let's move on to the middle section um, this morning. Russ, can you read verses four through seven for us? There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Okay, so part of the unique characteristics in verses 1 through 3 was that God uh, is our protection. Uh, What do you guys think are the unique characteristics of, of this section of verses? By the way, if you have your Bible open, you can see very clearly that Psalm 46 is broken up into three sections because verses 1 through 3 is followed by a selah, and then verses 4 through 7 is this, follows the same pattern. But brothers, what, is, what are some of the unique characteristics of this particular section? Um. With this, this uh, I've always been captivated by this image in verse four. There is a river, and um, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Now, usually, when the psalmist is referring to the city of God, he's talking about Jerusalem. And the interesting thing is that uh, Jerusalem does not have a river, but this psalm says there is. There's a river whose streams make glad the city. And when I say Jerusalem doesn't have a, a river, I mean, I mean in the literal sense, uh, there's, there's a spring famously uh, in, in central uh, Jerusalem that, that still has water in it, by the way, after all these centuries, uh, but not a river, not a, not a physical, literal river. So it's got to be talking about something else. But it, but it is true that Jerusalem does have streams that— that quote unquote watered it. Yes, but my 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 point being that this psalm is talking about something other than water. 
uh, that it's talking about the Holy Spirit of God, I believe. Uh, this river where, where God in, in, in the ancient world, cities were often built on a river because what, 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 what do you need to have a city? Well, you got to have water mm-hmm. uh, before anything else. And, and Jerusalem did have a uh, dependable water supply, but that's not what it's talking about here. When it says this river makes glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High, the river is God himself. Because you go on to verse 5, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. So this river is God present with his people and like a river providing for his people. Mm-hmm. Um, God is the very life source. He is the life source. And, of course, Jesus used this, this image of water. Um, John 4. John 4. John and, 7. Yes, if anyone is thirsty, come to me and drink. And uh, it's, it's just a promise of God's provision, and it's a joyful image. In the midst of fear, this is a really joyful image, this, this river, this abundant flowing river that is God himself. And because God is in the midst of her, she won't be moved. In, in other words, the city, won't, the, the city will be secure. God's people will be secure. Mm-hmm. I, I always have interpreted this as a both and that it's actually talking about literal streams that are feeding Jerusalem, um, the holy habitation of the Most High, um, and spiritual. I, I think I actually w- I agree with Phil, but I would actually include um, the literal along with the the spiritual imagery that um, I think that Psalm forty six is talking about Shennacherib. Um, attack on Jerusalem. So I actually think in a lot of ways there is a historical setting um, for it. Um, it could be more than that, but I, I do think if you compare this to what you find in Isaiah 37, it reads very much the same way. Um, so I think there's a, a, a literal encamping. Um, I think there was a time when when the armies of Shennacherib surrounded Jerusalem, um, and that they were they were literally um, having their world turned on its head. Um, and there's a military sense in in verse eight um, that reads very much like Isaiah 37. Um, right. And so I think there is a sense. I mean, if you talk about an, an encampment, one of the things they're going to be worried about is is a water supply. Mm-hmm. Right, and so I think there's a literal sense to what's going on. There's a, a, a much deeper, richer spiritual um, connotation behind it. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll let you guys kind of engage, no, I, yeah, engage with that. I, well, I would not disagree with that, um, and uh, and that, that's I, I honestly hadn't put it together with with the uh, siege, but I think you're absolutely right. Um, I think you, you, if all you do is look back to the first three verses that we looked at, the mountains not only represent the physical mountains, but it also represents mm-hmm. the idea of the most stable things in society, namely the nations themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think that's I think that's accurate. So what other? So maybe maybe I'll switch the question now. So we just asked what are the unique characteristics of this particular psalm? What is the emphasis in in these particular verses? Why? So in other words, why is this practically helpful to the 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 saints of God? Well, in a sense, this um, 
this middle section of the psalm, verses 4 through 7, is unpacking a promise that was made in the first verse. What does it mean that God is a very present help mm, yes. in trouble? What does it mean that he's our refuge and strength? Okay, well, it's going to give more images that will unpack that. Uh, he provides for his people uh, this river uh, that provides water in a, a time of siege. And and I'm, I'm this, I, I really appreciate what Russ said about uh, this growing out of the siege of Jerusalem, Sennacherib, um, that and the listeners probably know that in the ancient world, the way an army would defeat a walled city is just surround it and wait them out. Surround it and cut off any supplies coming in um, and either starve them out or, or force them to surrender if they don't have enough water. And, and Jerusalem has a dependable, the Gihon Spring, Mm-hmm. Uh, has, is a dependable water source, still still flowing, by the way, after all these centuries. And uh, so four, verses 4 through 7, as I said, just unpack how does God supply his people? How, how, does he, how is he a refuge for his people? And they're beautiful images. Just, uh, I don't, maybe this doesn't help, but if, if you read not. Isaiah 37... <laughs> Um, there's this great prayer there, and then it says, Therefore thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, he shall not come into the city or shoot an arrow there or come before it with a shield or cast up a siege mound against it. By the way that he came, by the same he shall return, and he shall not come into the city, declares the Lord. For I will defend this city to save it for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. And then this this line and it's really comparing it to the the line here. God is in the midst of her; she shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. Now, hear this. And the angel of the Lord went out and struck down a hundred and eighty-five thousand in the camp of the Assyrians. And when people arose early in the morning, behold, these were all dead bodies. Hmm. When morning dawned, they saw God's protection and care and defense of His own city. Hmm. Um, I think there's too much linguistic ties to to ignore that this could be the historical setting of the psalm. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, the the practical application for the saint today extends to everybody, right? So this city of God, I totally agree that historically the city of God represented Jerusalem. But as we move to the New Testament, the church is the city of God. That's why Augustine penned his famous work, "The City of God." Yes, mm-hmm. and so this has a much broader application. Uh, Historical interpretation on the one hand, broader application to the church on the other. And I would say that Paul in 1 Corinthians is saying these things, the things that happen in the Old Testament, are there for examples for us. And we're supposed to glean the spiritual um, nourishment and example that they set. Um, And I think that the example here is God is in the midst of his people. And God's people shall not be moved. I mean, I think this is, is the Old Testament equivalent to the New Testament promise, that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Yeah, I think that's absolutely the emphasis in this section, because if you just look at it verse by verse, uh, the city of God is where God dwells. It's his holy habitation. Now, we know that has reference to the, the temple and the tabernacle, but for our spiritual application, the church is the habitation of God on earth. Mm-hmm. 
Secondly, in verse five, God is in the midst of her. Um, thirdly, in verse seven, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of armies is with us. And then lastly, the God of Jacob is our fortress. He surrounds us. So the overwhelming emphasis in this particular passage is the presence of God. I mean, what does the church need right now in light of these troubled times? Do we not need a reassurance that God is with us? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that he is for us. He, yes, he can protect us, but don't we want something more than just a sword? I mean, don't we want more than just something, more than just a refuge? Don't we want his personal presence with us? Isn't that what we need? Absolutely, well, and that's the promise, uh, that God is in the midst of her. Well, it's the same promise that God, that Jesus gave to his disciples, you know, in the end of Matthew 28. I will be with you to the very end of the age. And that is the the hope and the strength of the church today. Not that we possess in ourselves any great worth or substance or strength, but what we have is God's promise of his own presence That's right. through the Spirit of Christ. Mm-hmm. A, few, a few moments ago, um, Josh mentioned uh, Augustine's uh, City of God. Um, Augustine wrote that book in response to the sack of Rome, that uh, Rome had been sacked by the Visigoths um, and the city burned. And, you know, talk about having your world rocked. And it's a long book, but Augustine essentially says, look, there's two cities. There's the city of man and the city of God. Uh, Where's your citizenship? Christian, where is your citizenship? Where's your security? Um, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. Uh, Our citizenship, uh, we, we belong to God, and God is with us. Amen. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We hope that you will tune in next time.